my name's Richard and this is another episode of We're Not Wizards. Thank you for joining us this evening. Tonight is going to be a kind of like a getting to know you episode. Um, and the title of the episode is going to be called Other Shelving Units Are Available But I Like to Put My Games in a Nice Old Crate. Eh? There you go. Now I know why it's called that. And you will know why it's called that. Because joining me tonight, I have a gentleman by the name of Phil Collins, who is from Board Game Crate. So good evening, Phil. Good evening, Richard. How are you doing? I am very, very good today. I have had um, it's been a it's been a lovely bank holiday. Um, I've been in the office for most of the day, ah. so which is a, yeah, <laughs> which isn't always a good. Thing. That's, it's not a good day to be in the office. <laughs> No, well, it was raining outside, so I don't really, I didn't really mind it that much. Oh, um, that's not too bad. But that's not too bad. <laughs> um, you know, but you, you kind of, uh, you grinning, you get grinning, bear it, and you kind of get on, get on with it. Now, um, first of all, thank you for coming on. Pleasure. It's, uh, it's always good to speak to people and learn new things, as they say. Now, the reason that we do this, as we say, episode ninety-six, people, is the there quite simply is not enough podcasts out there about board games and the other reason that we're doing this is because Phil is running a company called Board Game Crate and it piqued my interest so we've brought Phil in because he's not just he's not just a savvy business guy (laughs) he's got as he said to me himself he's got a whole pile of Kallax shelving upstairs. I believe so, other shelving units are available. Terms and conditions on request. You can tell that he's played this game before. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, as we always do, um, we always like to find out a little bit of um, about history, about how people got involved in the hobby. Um, so we like to have a little, we're going to have a little kind of peer back into the past. We're going to have a little bit of a a look-see at the present. We're going to stare off knowingly and longingly into the future. But we're all going to wait for Phil to tell us a little bit about his history. Okay. Um, well, I got into board games uh, many years ago now um, through uh, through the, the wonderful lady that is now my wife um, and through the lovely people at Eclectic Games in Reading. Uh, previously, oh. up until that point, I'd been uh, a Magic the Gathering player, and in fact, myself and my mm-hmm. wife ran a, uh, a subscription service before Board Game Crate called Boosters by Post, where we did uh, Magic the Gathering cards, booster packs, and Pokemon uh, playing card packs, and we sent them out by subscription. Um, and it was after we had really got into board games and had really started visiting Eclectic almost weekly. Uh, that that mm. really hurt the bank balance um, because we would always walk, walk out with at least three games. Um, that we thought okay, it's not well, a cheap thing, is it? It's not a cheap hobby. No, certainly not. Um, we decided that that, that Magic: The Gathering uh, was had really changed quite a lot. So uh, Wizards of the Coast had dropped the base packs. They'd gone to mm-hmm. uh, a, a revolving three monthly uh, expansion set and and. Uh, it had it had become too much of a chore and less of something that we enjoyed. So we'd yeah. really got into board games by that point, and we thought, well, okay, board games is 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 something that 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 works. Everybody enjoys it. Um, yeah, we kind of needed to tell everybody that board games weren't just limited to Monopoly and Scrabble and Ludo and what have you, and that there were some fantastic games out there that people could could really enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's basically how we got started we had a bit of business knowledge in in our previous experience Mm. we really loved board games and we thought that there was a a gap in the market okay what are you um i mean it's good to hear that you managed to get over the debacle that is magic magic the gathering um it's good to see that we're more people are realizing um how awful that that game is (laughs) um brian wade's gonna go crazy when he hears he is uh um, but I mean, what kind of games have you got in your collection? What have you been playing? Kind of quite well. What no? What was the kind of the first game you mentioned? Obviously, is your wife that introduced you 
to the oh. hobby. So what was the kind of the first games? What was the first game that you kind of looked to oh. each other's eyes and you said oh, you've crikey. got something in your eye looking, and she said it's you? And... Looking into each other's eyes over a board game is not a good idea unless you're playing something like Castle Panic. <laughs> or uh, uh, something like uh, the captain, the captain must die. Um, yes, or something like that. You know, if you're playing a co-op game, then look into each other's eyes lovingly. If if you're playing a, 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 an otherwise competitive game, there is no love lost between us. Um, <laughs> what was the first game I played with her? Probably. Oh, this is like Mister. It is, isn't it? It was probably <laughs> the base game of Flux. It was probably right. the first game we played. And then after that, um, I re- distinctly remember playing Agricola quite early on. Um, All right, okay. And then games like, oh, after that came games like Belfort and the Manhattan Project, um, the the base of Machikoro. Uh, what else? Crikey, I'm just trying to imagine what is all on our shelving units upstairs. Um, could you, I mean, are you one of the few people that could actually order... Put your kind of your um, your game collection and tie it up to specific kind of romantic life st- <laughs> life kind of <laughs> dates. Kind of, do you remember? Yeah, I remember. Do you remember when we walked to Paris? Yes, and you bought I, me I, the expansion pack for Descent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I can remember many many trips to Eclectic where each of us are holding at least two games. And we've spoken yeah. to, to, to Daryl and Becky in there and they've loaded us up with more and we'll look at each other's collection and I'll say, well, well look, I'll get you that game if, if you want to get me this game. And then suddenly buying two games is, is, is utterly feasible. It's, it's a really nice <laughs> gesture. Whereas actually, we just added to our collection by another two games. And you kind of think back, we were only in the shop the day before that and we did exactly mm. the same thing. Buying a game for each other doesn't seem so bad. Buying a game for yourself, you sit there and you think, well, can I really justify this expense right now? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like you're, you're, you're actually, you're effectively putting a price on romance, <laughs> which is nice. Well, you see, we, we, we look at the price of a board game and we use a cinema ticket equation. So you buy a cinema ticket yeah. and these days cinema tickets are horrendously expensive and that might get you a couple of hours of entertainment. So then we look at a board game and we think, right, how much is a board game going to cost us? Okay, so this board game might cost us two, maybe three cinema tickets. Are we going to get more than four or six hours of enjoyment out of this game? And, of course, the answer is always yes, because you play of board games time and time and time again. Unless, of course, it's something like uh, Exit uh, or Unlock, in which case there's no point in playing them again because you're just going to complete it far too easy. You know, yeah. But then they're a small feast. I mean, they are like going out and buying, you know, a bag of sweets from a cinema. They're only about twelve ninety nine a piece. Like looking at look at it the the kind of that that kind of way. And the other thing is as well, and this is to further justify the ability to go out and spend masses amounts of money on cardboard, is that you could go into the cinema, sit down, watch a film, and be absolutely bitterly disappointed with what you see and feel that you've mm-hmm. wasted mm-hmm. two or three hours of your life whereas in a board game you've kind of got that ability you're going to take something home and at least you know you're going to have a bit of fun with it absolutely you know because you've got you know you've got a bit of an idea you know that yes. you know unless you're buying magic unless you buy, yes. as, to, <laughs> as to whether or not it's going to be it's going to be um it's going to be right or not um did you, okay, here we go. As me, you, married mm-hmm. men, not to each other, obviously, because we've just kind of met. Yeah. Is there, is there kind of games that you would recommend a married couple should maybe sit down and have a good, a good kind of muck about over the kitchen table with? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So here's a here's, here's a story. We uh, we had um, two weddings this weekend that that, that we went to. And mm. for both the couples, um, we, we need to send them on, but for both the couples, we've actually picked up copies of Patchwork. Um, that is a game that my wife and I absolutely adore. We will play Patchwork yes. over and over and over again because it's so amazingly simple on the first play. 
yet suddenly for the second play onwards it becomes so ultimately strategic you're thinking three or four games ahead of 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 when that particular piece is going to come round to, to to be in front of you for you to pick from you're planning when you're going to get that zero button t piece that you can automatically slot in it is so outrageously simple to begin with but once you're bitten by that bug you you are thinking about it night and day on how you can better place those tiles into your quilt um yeah patchwork definitely uh flux is another um isle of trains that that is a fantastically uh again like patchwork it's a fantastically simple game to start playing but once you get mm. more and more into it you realize that the the cost benefit of of picking up that particular wagon which is going to allow the, the, the people or the person you're playing with to then put cargo in that and what benefit are they going to get from that and how is that going to advance their game uh, against how is that going to advance your game and suddenly you start off with a very simple premise that then introduces you to the much more strategic elements of those particular games it's, it's making people aware that mm-hmm. board games can have a, a kind of a, an depth to them that they've maybe not been aware of I was thinking, ironically enough, out of all the kind of two-player games you could play, Love Letter doesn't particularly play well as a two-player game. It doesn't, no. It doesn't. <laughs> you um, kind of need, you need a bit of a backstabbiness. You do. And otherwise, do. it's just, you're just kind of, you're just kind of trading blows, like somebody trades kind of um, vicious memories about the time other people did mm-hmm. something wrong, mm-hmm. for instance. Yep. I'm not, you know, I'm not appropriating blame here but you know it wasn't me definitely not um but then i mean at the moment is there any games that you are you know you're playing at the moment that you've kind of grabbed and love a lot that just the two you play or that you've you're playing like a a group or anything like that at all uh so i'm i'm just looking at our massive pile of games that is next to the next to the table down here and i guess the one that we keep going back to at the moment is the captain is dead um because that oh, that yes. is a vicious game for two players it is a almost unbeatable game it's it's got us time and time again and we haven't yet found that that winning strategy yet so that is something that w- that we keep picking back up again and we keep saying let's have another go let's see if we can find the winning strategy this time around i'm pretty certain actually we just need more people at the table in order to in order to beat it but that's that's one we keep going back to at the moment the captain is dead is um let's talk about it for a bit because i um i have have the captain is dead somewhere i have played it on uh, a few occasions now it seems to keep turning up in the most unlikeliest places as well. But the idea behind the game is it is basically... They pitch it, it's like the last ten minutes of your favourite mm-hmm, sci-fi mm-hmm. show where everybody is in a spot of bother and the point is that the captain is actually dead. Mm-hmm. And you need to remind me, you basically need to fix the hyperdrive. Yep, you need to fix the hyperdrive whilst making sure that all the other ship systems like shields tactical communications that that they all keep going and 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 keep your ship together because as soon as you lose something like shields for example um you might as well give up because in order for you to then start repairing that you need to move your the particular people you are commanding into those areas in order to fix them and if you've got the transporters down then you actually have to physically move the 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 counters rather than or the, the 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 characters rather than transporting over into that particular area so as soon as you lose one key system, um, you're really on a on such a struggle to actually get the ship back together and and, and get yourself going. It's kind of like if Pandemic woke up in the morning and it had just a really really bad day, where it kind of went and got itself a coffee, realised it ran out of milk, mm-hmm. tried to get a slice of toast, realised it ran out of butter, you know, went outside and. You know, try to empty the bin and then stood in a slug without any slippers on. It's kind of like that because it can be, it's deliciously vicious at every point in the way because you get like, yeah. you you'll turn over a card and then it will say something like, you know, you well you've got potentially this has just failed or everything has failed with this or you're losing time or it's just one bit of kind of issue, one problem kind of mounting up kind of time after time and it's. I don't know how you found it if like kind of tension wise 
Oh, the the tension is 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 unbearable towards the end, especially when you know things are starting to go wrong. Um, turning over those cards and finding out what you're going to get next, and and you get the benefit of once you've got a particular system online, you can see a card ahead. So when you can see that card is coming, and you think, well, if if we don't get this and this and this fixed by the time we get that card, then we're in trouble. Mm. Uh, it, it, it is it's difficult because then you come up with different different str- strategies in order to to fix those particular parts of the ship uh, mm-hmm. and then you get into a heated debate over which particular uh strategy you need to implement uh, and in the end it's just a case of well okay let's try that and see if that works oh look that didn't work i don't want to say i told you so but there we go <laughs> has there been crosswords over the captain is dead now there has been there has oh. been one slight crossword um, in that I am adamant that we are, the only way we are going to beat this game is if we have other people around the table uh, yeah. in order to to help us and give us other people within the ship that that can then go and do stuff. Um, whereas the view from from the good lady wife is that uh, no, actually we can we can do this together, and I I I admire that in some way. Yeah. I kind of feel like every time we pick the game up, we're we're on a lost cause. But I mean, when where did you hear about it first? Of all? Uh, was it, it was a, of eclectic again. It was it was eclectic. We had uh, oh, I right, hadn't heard okay. of the captain is dead before. I had gone in and had started talking to uh, to Daryl. Um, at at Eclectic and I must say other board game stores are available terms and conditions on request Um, but apparently it feels nothing is as friendly and nice as Daryl at Eclectic you are so (laughs) right you are so right Um, but yeah no he showed us the captain is dead and we thought well this this ticks so many of our boxes how have we not heard of this game before Um, Mm. my wife and I are uh, avid uh, binge watchers of of various sci-fi and we're currently going through the original series of star trek and i love how star trek doesn't matter how difficult the scenario is in the beginning 40 minutes at the end in those last few minutes they always manage a joke at someone's expense you know the world might have been about to be destroyed (laughs) he might have about to have lost the entirety of the enterprise or stranded on some planet they always manage a joke at the end with the captain is dead we have not yet got the joke there's no yeah, it's not happening. It's just you no. know they've left the jokes to Spock. <laughs> oh dear! They've turned to him and they've went, "Tell us a joke, Spock." You know, and and that's as bad as my uh, William Shatner attempt at an impression goes. The artwork in it isn't stunning. It's kind of like reminds me. It I I don't even know. It's like solid colours. It's very, very... There's a word for it that's on the tip of my tongue. It's kind of like... I don't know, 1920s kind of thing? Yeah. Just the style of yeah. it. It's very, very solid in how it's drawn. And it's it's kind of like... It's almost like... It's kind of almost... You could almost argue there's... The palette in it is... Oh, it's strange. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you ever looked at kind of like any kind of nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties kind of poster art, anything that would ever been kind of seen as sci-fi. That's how you're kind of looking at. There's almost hints of it's side-on kind of Picasso in some yes. ways, but that's yeah. me turning into kind of like an art critic. But the thing is, once you see this game, you will remember the game in terms of how it looks and how it kind of. How it kind of feels and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's uh, it's lovely. I think there's two different flavors. There's one that was originally through the Game Crafter, um, which you could buy, and then there's also one which is um, AEG as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the one we've got. Yeah, and it's kind of like a beautiful kind of sunset yellow kind of yes. top to the box. Yep, and it looks like everything is actually going to hell. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything else that you've been playing as well at the uh, moment that you're kind of enjoying? We've been playing uh, quite a bit of Potion Explosion. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's that, I, I I love a game where the uh, the cardboard that you need to pop actually assembles something. So if you think like uh, like Camelot, for example, you are assembling the pyramid when you uh, when, when you pop out all the cardboard with Potion Explosion, you are assembling the tray in which all the marbles that make up the ingredients for the potions will sit and i and i i love games that have that element in them because you're adding 
an extra um an extra environment almost into into the game itself it is not simply a here's a board here's some spaces that you're going to move through here's some dice roll them oh look you've landed on a snake or something or, or whatever <laughs> with potion explosion and again with camel up you're adding something another entity in another thing that you can pick up and 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 actually use and play with and there's a, a lot of thought has gone into that that marble tray and a lot of thought has gone into how that interacts with the game and potion explosion for me the way that you pick up the the ingredients and if you manage to get a sequence where they click together as they as they fall down and land into each other that you pick those up as well and it's it's the aesthetic that's the word it's the aesthetic of the game is so pleasing and so wonderful to to actually put together and 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 use within the game that i i must admit i do, do keep going back to it um that is a game that we do love playing um, as, as as much as we can, it's very tactile as well because you're you yes. kind of you you've got the centerpiece of the board and the marbles are coming down and do you know what there's a very and I hate to use this but it's kind of it reminds me a little bit of these kind of the three in a row mm-hmm. kind of you know yeah. the the sweetie smash you know yeah, what I mean I know exactly kind of mean. games yeah. yeah and I'm not going to name them no <laughs> I'm not gonna no there's name lots them. of them where you get yeah you get three in a row and and and. Yeah, yeah, and it comes in. You collect. You kind of these marbles are coming down a little tray, and you collect them, and then you use them to go towards kind of spells. It's just, again, it's a very. Is that your kind of? Is that something that catches your eye? Do you kind of look at like something bright and shiny? Do you like the kind of the bright and shiny, colourful looking games? Or I mean, what what's your, what's your kind of bag, Phil? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if I'm if I'm imagining myself stood in uh, a game shop and I'm looking at the, the the games on the shelves, and yeah, if there's something bright and something um, vivid, then mm. a lot of thought has 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 gone into something like that. So thinking of like uh, the box art for 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 Machikoro, for example, the box art oh, for yeah. that is 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 beautiful. It really mm. is beautiful. Looking at something like Belfort. Um, again, the box art on that is very striking. Um, so yeah, that will that will catch my eye. But what I think sells the game to me more than anything is actually hearing about it from someone that has played it. And you can probably hear the cuckoo clock going off in the background. Um, that's an actual. That's no. Let's is it going off? Let's just silence for the cuckoo clock, or is it finished? Oh, it's finished now. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's a shame. I'm going to have to silence you out for that bit just so we can hear the cuckoo clock in the background. <laughs> is it is it a traditional so, looking cl- cuckoo clock or is it one of these modern looking cuckoo clocks? It's a traditional looking cuckoo clock. The the cuckoo actually With comes it, out from from the top and yep. Has it got all the kind of the swirls and the wooden pal- panels? And it stuff has. Like that? Yeah, it's got the big two big <sighs> weighted pendulums that that they well, not pendulums but the the weights that come down that we have to keep pulling up. We have to do that twice a day because otherwise, if we forget, then the clock stops. And then, if you've had to go from sort of, uh, say it stopped at five o'clock and it's now two o'clock, you've got to listen to an awful lot of cuckoos, or you can try oh. and wait and uh, wait for time to catch back up again and then start it when it when it matches. But anyway, we we digress. Um, where was I? No, no, the digressions um, is fine. You know, if learning about cuckoo clocks is a good thing, the fact you've got a traditional one, you know, uh, yes, I'm just yeah, wondering it's, it's, what else you've got. <laughs> Oh crikey! Uh, we've got uh, we've got a clock that has the uh, like a, an old-fashioned mantelpiece clock, wooden. Uh, has does the Westminster chimes on the hour and, and what have you? Oh, I've wow. silenced that for now. Um, uh, but yes, you've, you've not got the one where you get the, the 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 kind of the man and the woman kind of coming out at the bottom of the clock no. and kind of meeting each other in the middle. No, afraid not. No. Okay, that's 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 a shame because you were doing really well, <laughs> and the, and now you've kind of you've kind of disappointed I have, me. I? Sorry about that. Just a little, just a um, little bit. Not massive. I mean, you can still win it oh, back. That's right. Then I mean, you know, <laughs> optimism. I like that. That's it. That's it. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to at the moment that you've kind of is um, potentially going on? Uh, wedding anniversary lists or potential birthday lists or coming up to Christmas lists that you're both kind of going oh, dropping hints to each other about um, not in terms of board games no I think for the, right. the problem for us at the moment is that we are uh, on a day to day basis absolutely surrounded by board games 
Um, there are boxes of board games uh, all over the place. And sometimes it's very difficult to think further ahead than the next month uh, yeah. when, we're, when we're thinking about board games and the sort of board games that we're going to include in, in the next crate. Um, there, there, isn't, yeah. there isn't a point at which we're not thinking of, of board games. I think if we're... Without tying it to either, either of us buying each other board games, I would think the one I'm most looking forward to at the moment... Um, is Khan of Khans, which is a, a Kickstarter right. game that that we backed as as board game crate. Um, and again, this is something else that that is that the, the artwork for caught my eye. Um, the the actual gameplay process, uh, I really really love. Um, and this is just off going from videos and going from other people's uh, opinions mm. and 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 how it's been put together but that's that's one that i am particularly looking forward to kind of cans um okay so you i mean you sat there and you were obviously you're doing you know every day about you're doing your magic mm-hmm. thing so you're doing the magic booster stuff and then you notice a change in the market because wizards of the ghost are changing how the magic cards are coming out so they're obviously as i can see myself they're kind of adding in new kind of core packs every kind of three, four months. Yeah. They're adding new booster packs. You know, the meta game seems to be constantly changing all the time, mm-hmm. which is exciting if you're in the kind of the tournament thing. When you had the discussion about, you know, changing from doing the booster stuff to going to board games, I mean, what... Did you spend a lot of time kind of planning it? Because I guess, I mean, the, let's talk about the premise. Let's... You know, okay. jumping into board game creek. The the premise behind it is, and over to you. Okay, so the premise is basically um, there are lots of subscription services available, and this is one that is uh, uniquely poised at at board games and board games that you and 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 uh, everybody enjoys playing. Uh, the idea is very simple in that uh, we look at your board game collection that you have and you can connect your board game crate account to either your board game geek library or you can build up your library on on our website and what we do is we look through those board games and we look through your current collection and through that we extrapolate a lot of other a lot of other data and we work out what other games you should have in your collection and what other games you will enjoy playing and there's there's lots of other bits and pieces that go into it but but from that list we then obviously order the stock in mm. um we package them up put them into into boxes and and send them out um and 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 that's as as, as simple as it is i guess um through analyzing your collection we can look at the the categories of board games that that you enjoy uh, and the mechanics that you enjoy playing. So things like hand management, bluffing, um, luck, all those all those sorts of things. I've got various statistics and and what have you. So we're looking at things like mechanics of cooperative play, uh, categories of, of of party games or of humour or of deduction. Those sorts of things. We can look at all of those bits of data and work out hmm. games that are available to us now. What games will match with your library? And then we get a couple of those in um, for for each individual person, and put them in a box and, and send them out. Is it? Um, I take it this much. Is this a volume thing? Do you have? Do you have to have agreements with distributors and stuff like that in place? I mean, is there a lot of kind of negotiation that's going on behind the scenes to phone up kind of businesses and say, look, we are looking to put your your game in more people's hands kind of thing or how, how i mean how does it how does it work from there that's that's becoming a lot more prevalent now we're actually having uh board game companies come to us and say we'd really like mm. our game to go into your crate that's that's becoming a lot more um mm-hmm. than it was but we're lucky in that we've had uh two or three suppliers that that we know very well that understand the 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 offering that we have to our customers and they work with us as much as they can obviously there are times where we might phone up and we might say right i need six copies of this game and they'll say ah you know what we we've we've just sold one particular box of that and i can only offer you five Mm. now 
And so we'll say, okay, well, hang on, let me put that back into the system, right? We've got a maximum quantity of five for that particular game. And the system yeah. will then go away and think, okay, well, I've got one less of that. What other game will this particular, uh, what, what other game will this customer like? Okay, right, I, I can see you've got that game in stock. So, okay, let's have one of those and let's have five of those. And okay, those are much smaller numbers, but that's basically how it works. We, the, the system that, that we have uh, developed and designed will, will tell us what games it thinks we should buy. And we will look That's at that list and we amazing. might do a little bit of fiddling and, and tidying up. But then it's over to our suppliers and we say, right, this is what we would like to order this month. And, mm-hmm. and so far, our suppliers have been great. I mean, sometimes it can, uh, on a particular month, it can take us up to an hour to secure the right number of stock, to secure the, the delivery timescales that we will need. Um, yeah. Uh, to get all of that down here so we're, we're lucky in that the suppliers understand our business model we're not we're not a bricks and mortar store that might phone up and say right i need to put six of these on a shelf yeah um where uh, we're the sort of uh company that will phone up and say right i need 24 copies of this particular game because my software has told me that 24 of my customers are going to enjoy this game so who designed i mean who designed this software then that, this myself, is intrigued that myself you did and my it. wife yeah so we started looking at the idea of the board game crate in june last year uh-huh. and the first thing we said was look this is a this is a great idea but this is very different from from magic the gathering because with magic the gathering um you get a box a booster boxes and booster boxes the latest set you put them in a in an envelope in a nice padded uh-huh. little envelope and you send them off and hey presto we're done we look forward to the next month with with board games it's very different because once you've got one of a game you don't want another one you don't want two copies of ticket to ride and believe you me we've been there um so (laughs) we thought well how can we how can we get this information how can we find out what people have got so we went to board game geek and we said look is there any way that you will allow us to use the, the 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 library of games that you've got and also using the API that you've got set up, how can we look at the games that the, that the customers have got? And Board Game Geek were great. They came back straight away and said, yep, no problem whatsoever. We love the idea. Mm, um, mm. Go ahead uh, and use the data. So we thought, well, that's great. So Board Game Geek, we've probably accounted for more than half of our, of our market. What do we do for everybody that hasn't got a Board Game Geek uh, account? And we thought, well, okay, well, we know, we know the board games that our customers have got um, because we're pulling that data down uh, we can pull that data down off of Booking Geek. So let's make them a really easy way on the website where they can just add the games in that they've got. And let's make it quick because if someone's got 200 games, they're not going to want to sit there and type in 200 games, click add, move on to the next one. So we built in some autocomplete stuff that recognizes the name of the game they're typing in and allows them to build that up. So we, we spent about two months building up a proof of concept. So my wife yeah. and I... Um, uh, through our, our, our careers are, are software developers um, so writing the software to run this is for, for us was was a challenge but it was also a really nice challenge because we love writing code we love writing software um, and it seemed a really really interesting thing to do so we spent about two months coming up with this proof of concept could we pull the data down that we needed could mm-hmm. we look at people's games games libraries could we extrapolate that data out work out what categories and mechanics uh, the customers have got uh, and work out how do we load in stock automatically. So we talked to um, Isdivium, uh, got hold of their stock on a, on a digital format. They email it to yeah. us. We worked out how to load it up into our system. We wrote uh-huh. the algorithms that look through all of that stock list and work out, okay, I've got these games and they, 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 they match these categories and these mechanics and I've got these customers and they want these mechanics in these categories um can we work out what games we should order how do we do that automatically and um to begin with when we initially launched our first crate uh so we opened the website up at the beginning of september and we sent out our first crate at uh the middle of october which was our very first october crate and from then until now the software has continued to evolve so there are new features that we add every month there are there are new parts to the to, to the offering that customers can 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 take that we add each month. So we recently added, uh, I say recently, it was probably about four or five months ago now. We added the ability for customers to go on and say, 
okay looking at my uh my popular categories and popular mechanics because we we thought we've got all this data let's show our customers what their library looks like let's show our customers yeah um what are the top 10 mechanics of the games you've got and how do that look if you look at mine for example uh, a good 30 percent of my games are all down to hand management and i looked at i thought well okay that's interesting so what we do is we show this to our customers and we allow them the opportunity to say, okay, I want, I only want games that fit in with my top five categories or my top five mechanics or, or mm-hmm. my top 10, or I, I want games that, that just fit in with any category or mechanic I've got, or actually, you know what, surprise me completely. I, I want yeah. a game that, that, that does not match anything I've got. Yeah. So we added that for categories and we added that mechanics and then we added in the ability to say okay i want games that work with a minimum of two people or i want games that work with a minimum of three people because i'm i'm much more uh inviting people around to play games or i want to sit down with my partner and, and play a game over an evening so i want a game that is going to work for two people and isn't going to be like alhambra where you have to involve dirk is there anybody hmm. on this planet <laughs> who actually enjoys playing a game of alhambra with dirk at the table <laughs> Probably I have not, not. found anybody no. yet. Dirk, Dirk is a is a lovely person. We love Dirk. Um, <laughs> Dirk. Dirk goes under a few other names when we play Alhambra when it's just the two of us. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, the beauty oh, for us dear. of being software developers is that we can continuously add to this. And one of the things we've just added is the ability for our customers to go in and look at the Kickstarters that we have backed as Board Game Crate. Oh, and right. what we do okay. is when these Kickstarters come in, we're now going to be able to add those games into people's crates as a as a free extra, as like a winning a, a competition or a, or a subscriber's lottery or what have you. But it's, it's a freebie that we give to our active subscribers. Um, and we've just added up uh, a copy of Bears vs. Babies and two copies of Leaders of Euphoria. Um, so all of the Kickstarters that we're backing, we're backing them, at, if we can, at a retailer level. And we're getting those extra copies in and we're going to send them out free of charge. Because you know what? Being a board gamer myself, there is no better feeling than, than getting a brand new board game. Getting a, a new board game that is, yeah. that is I'm going to enjoy playing. Smell of the glue. The, the smell of the glue and the popping the of the cardboard. cardboard. The Exactly. The yeah. sitting there and carefully, regardless if it's your first time or your, your hundredth time, of getting that sheet of cardboard and popping out all of those mm-hmm. little tokens and doing it carefully because you yes, never get to yeah, a point absolutely. where you can rush point at popping out those tokens oh, there's nothing the worse sad. than popping a token out token out and hearing the rip the slight rip yeah as it takes just even <laughs> yeah, half a millimeter off the back oh, and it becomes unglued yeah and then your little the little rain cloud comes over your head and you're mm-hmm. just like that. i've just ruined it doesn't matter if everything else is fine. You just ruined yep. an entire game. Yep. Been there. <laughs> I've, I've just, um, yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. And there'll be, peop- there'll be people listening to this now that will have stopped their cars, pulled into the lay-by, and they're now having a flashback and maybe crying. It could be, <laughs> it could be when they removed their tokens on Netrunner. It could oh, be when they were going yes. through cry. It could be going th- when they were going through cry havoc. You know, it could mm-hmm. be any of those mm-hmm. any of those points that they've just ripped it that little bit too far. Yep. Let's <clears throat> give them a moment. <laughs> <laughs> or I tell you what, being too forceful when you're putting the camel cut, uh, camel up uh, pyramid or the potion explosion tray together a little bit too forcefully, no. and you bend one of the bits of cardboard, and you think, oh, <sighs> just. Ruined yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Do you? Um, one of the things we've noticed in the crate is it's very streamlined. There's not an ounce of fat, and what I mean by this is there seems to be. I mean, there is subscription services available, mm-hmm. and you get a box. Now, I'm not talking. I'm not talking necessarily related to um, board games. But there has, there is like, I've seen video game ones, I've seen ones for various different subjects going out, and they seem to have a box of stuff that you could quite easily get it and then tip it into the bin straight away. It's kind of like joy mm-hmm. stuff. It's stuff for the sake of getting stuff. Yep. What, I mean, is it part of your kind of um, 
I guess your MO to make sure that you kind of keep the boxes as lean as possible where it is like it's here have a game here have a potentially smaller game here have a little set of dice or a meeple or you know some little bag of sweets was that is that something that you are kind of wanting to stick to are you try to keep the the kind of the tat as far away from the 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 the, the crate as much as possible oh, ab- absolutely absolutely when we started putting together um crates or mystery boxes and we did a mystery box for a while and uh, uh within boosters by post um mm. and we found that yeah when you when you research other subscription boxes there is there is tat there is stuff that you would imagine would be in the in the clearance bin at the end of the aisle in the in in you know if you think of america in something like best buy or, or target or something like that it's just the kind of stuff that the retailers want to get rid of as cheaply as possible and yeah, I think one of the things that was very key for us was that we never ever entered into that um, arena whatsoever. We had one problem with our January crate where we saw uh, a brand new supplier come on board with two brand new games, and we thought, "Wow, you know what? This is amazing. This this fits in with with almost mm. every single category and every single mechanic that we've got. This 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 is great. You know what? We can yeah. we can get all of these in." And we can introduce everybody to to these brand new games, and uh, uh, and then the games came in, and we thought, well, we've kind of got to send these out now, because it's too oh. late for us to order anything in, and and that didn't work so well for us. So we 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 learnt from that. We instigated some new rules, so we won't look at at games that have a board game geek rating of less than six. Um, hmm. We won't look at anything that doesn't have reviews. We try and make sure that every single crate has an award-winning game in it. So if you look at Board Game Geek, you can look at the awards that the games have got, yeah. um, be that uh, Spiel de Jahr or, or any of the other uh, awards that are uh, available, but, uh, Board Game Geek Golden Game, for example, that sort of thing. Um, but we're really keen to make sure that we don't fill it with tat, that people aren't picking things out and thinking, what am I going to use that for? Or... Oh, well, that's that's great. Actually, what we're interested in are the the games in the box, and and yes, we've included uh, custom painted meeples, and and we've since started including some some Chessex dice, um, and there are plans on 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 what we're going to uh, include as 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 well as Chessex and mix it up so that people don't end up with forty thousand meeples or sixty thousand different dice because once you've got enough dice, you've got enough dice. Yeah. it's what yeah. can we add in that actually aid that board game experience what can we what can we put into the crate that when people pick it up they think well you know what i'm going to use that tonight because i'm playing x game hmm. or y game i'm I'm going to use that not putting tat in for us is 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 almost like a mission statement that the, the games and the products that we put into the crate are things that we ourselves would want to receive and mm-hmm. being board gamers ourselves, that's really easy. So what I mean, what can you expect in a crate? What do you get coming through? What do you get in the crate itself? So in the crate itself, you'll always get uh, at least one big box game. Um, mm-hmm. So if I think about the games that we included in... La- Actually, can I talk about... Okay. Okay, so looking at our August crates, uh, yeah. we are putting out uh, combinations of Takedo and brew crafters uh, mm-hmm. formula d and aquarius sheriff mm-hmm. of nottingham and port royal right. smash up and zany penguins and okay. magic maze and fleet so it's not just one game you're not just like saying okay no. you're not just going to say well we actually will do different games and then it's a case of well it sounds like you have these are all various different styles of games from your bluffing stuff with your sheriff in nottingham mm-hmm. to your you know you see takairo as well Takedo, yeah, Takedo and Brewcrafters, that's a combination. So yeah. the software will, will match up combinations of games. And we one of the things that we built into the software right at the very beginning is that the, 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 the retail price of the games has got to be more than the cost of the subscription. Because there's no point in receiving a, um, a crate, opening it up and thinking, well, you know what, I could have got all of that for, for, for half <laughs> the price myself, yeah. now we can't there's no way we can match amazon because you know what amazon can buy in bulk in mega mega bulk um so if you looked at some of these games you might you might be able to save a couple of pound of amazon and, and so far i tell you what when we look at unboxing videos that people have put forward uh and we look at the rrp or the the price that they've got nine times out of ten 
um, it will still be uh, greater value in the crate than, than if you'd have bought. So the software will actually say to us, you can't put those two games together because the RRP of those two games is less than the cost of the crate. It will, it mm. will not allow us to send a crate mm. out like that. So yeah, we've but got... it's sorry. Is it, is it not the case that you are basically making choices for people mm-hmm. who necessarily might not have made that choice themselves? That even I know you. I know you're saying you're doing the formula and everything like that. So you might say, okay, you will. You know, you mentioned you know you mentioned Formula D, which is a kind of a risk and reward type game. But there will be people out there that will, for whatever reason, will not pick that even though it's potentially right up their alley. So mm-hmm. you're kind of almost putting new experiences into kind of people's hands who maybe wouldn't have necessarily made that decision kind of like in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, if, I, if I take an example, uh, the, the Smash Up and Zany Penguins combination that we sent out, we had one customer that, uh, that, that videoed their unboxing and, and they looked at Smash Up and they thought, oh, well, I'm quite disappointed by that because, you know, I've had... I've played Smash Up before with with my friends and and, and I really didn't enjoy it. Zany mm. Penguins, yeah, I, I I've picked that up. I really like the look of that. I really really fancy that. So I'm really glad I've got that. But you know what, Smash Up, I'm not so happy with. <laughs> and I guess one of the one of the benefits of 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 the board game world is that you can immediately then put that up onto Board Game Geek and trade it in for for something else. Yeah. We've had uh, another customer who had uh, a collection, uh, a few crates. And actually, what they had done is is put the games onto Board Game Geek, and they'd actually made a profit off of the games they'd sold through Board really? Game Geek from the cost of the crate. So, you know what? Win-win. They've kept some of the games, but they've moved on some of the others. Then if you compare, again, the same combination, Smash Up and Zany Penguins, another unboxing video of another customer, they opened it up and they went, wow, <laughs> I've looked at this game time and time again on the shelves of my local shop, and I've not picked it up, and here it is, and I am so happy that I've got this game. And Smash Up was matched to both of those customers based on the preferences that they had picked and uh-huh. the games that they already had in their combination. So you know what? we? It was one of the things that, that Matt Jarvis said, who you had on very recently in, in, in Tabletop Magazine when he reviewed the crate. He said, if you know the exact games you want and you know when you are going to get them and you are very finite... In, in in what you love within your board game, then maybe board game crate isn't for you. Mm. And I I completely agree with him. Because if you if you know that your your window of board game enjoyment is is small, then it's likely that you are going to get games in in the odd crate here and then that you are not going to enjoy. Yeah. On the flip side of that, if you love board gaming almost in its entirety and you know that if a board game is matched to your particular likes and dislikes that you are going to enjoy then board game crate is for you because it makes you a saving it it gives you games that you that that we know that you are going to enjoy uh or we i say we know we're going to enjoy (laughs) but obviously my previous example didn't quite work that out (laughs) but you know what we match almost 95 percent of our customers and and their wishes and you're always going to get the five percent that that we don't get it quite right but you know what the thing is those customers come back and they resubscribe they sign up for another monthly subscription or they sign up for a prepaid and they go through the run again because when we look at their board game get board game geek profiles we also look at their wish lists and if we can pick up a game from their wish list then we will do and we yeah. will put it in the next crate and we will send it out to them. And that, that's, I think, is maybe maybe that's what keeps pulling them back. That's Christmas, isn't it? <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's kind of it's kinda, kinda Christmas. Um, if people want to... Are looking... I mean, how much... I mean, you're talking... Well, we want to be kind of below retail. So how much are you talking about for a... How does the pricing work? So, so pricing... Uh, we've got four different levels of pricing. Um, there's a recurring subscription, which is where you pay monthly, uh, and that's thirty-eight ninety-nine. And you can either have one box a month, you can have one box every other month, or one box a quarter. There are three prepaid plans. There's the three-month prepaid plan, where you're basically paying ninety-nine ninety-nine, 
and you will get three board uh, three crates over the next three months there's the sixth month plan which is 194.99 or there's the 12 month plan which is 374.99 so yeah. obviously once you get up to 12 month they are very very expensive but the savings that you make over the course of the 12 months basically means that you're paying for 10 crates and you're getting two for free. So we kind of make sure that if somebody is willing to, to, to lay down that amount of money, that they're actually getting a benefit from that. From yeah. the off. Um, uh, but on the flip side, you know what? If you want to just try it for a month, then take out a recurring subscription, try it, cancel it if you don't like it, keep it running if you do. I mean, have you got plans for the future? I mean, is there going to be, you know, you've got board game crate. Are you going to do, you know, an RPG crate? Is there plans to kind of expand into different different things? Is there going to be a LARPing crate? Are people going to get a nice, a nice sword and a shiny shield? <laughs> I think one of the things that we've always tried to do is is but the same with 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 when we did boosters by post and and okay that dropped off a little bit but we try and do something in which an arena uh, in an arena in which we are involved so if we went mm. into larping it would be very difficult for us to put a larp box together because we're not live action role players uh, ourselves so it'd be we, heavy as well <laughs> it would be quite a heavy box i mean some of those shields do weigh a little bit and uh, i'm not sure posting imitation uh, medieval weaponry through Royal Mail is quite accepted <laughs> just yet. Um, but in terms of in terms of the board game crate, we do we have we have plans for the future. We've got two in the mix at the moment, and one of them is a quarterly big box crate. So mm. if you can imagine um, thirty eight ninety nine a month uh, of what customers are paying for us, there are some games that we couldn't use that to buy a a game at at, at at our distributors so if you think of games like scythe for example yeah there's no way we could afford to buy in boxes and boxes of scythe because we're never going to be able to buy it at a price which is going to allow us to put two games into a into a crate yeah so we're thinking about putting together a quarterly big box crate which is a bit more expensive we're currently looking at about maybe 59.99 but in there you're going to get games which are which are the, the, the top caliber level of, of, of expense, if, mm. you, if you imagine. Um, and the other idea that we're currently circulating is the intro crate, so the board game intro crate. And this is a uh, defined set of three crates that will roll out over, over the course of a quarter of a year. And we'll, we'll use those crates mm -hmm. to introduce new players to the world of board games so we're looking at some of the basics some of the some i say basics but the the games you might give people who have never played board games together before so mm. we're looking at things like ticket to ride dixit uh camel up isle of trains hanabi those sorts of games that that you can use to introduce people to to the wonderful world of board games see that's an idea i like that i like the idea of being able to because sometimes it's the recommendations from other people, but again, sometimes mm -hmm. it's giving yeah. somebody like a nice surprise. I was going to say one of the other things that we're we're currently mulling is the Christmas party box. So I don't know whether you've ever experienced this, but I certainly have. Um, when you're invited round to friends or family for for a Christmas celebration or a party of some description, they always say, "Well, you're into board games. Why don't you bring some round that the whole family can play?" <laughs> and was that the thing? Wow. Okay. Right. What what could uh. we possibly bring round? that everybody is going to enjoy, that someone's not going to look at and think, oh, crumbs, how do we play that? Or they're going to argue over the instructions. I remember, and I, I love my mother-in-law to bits, I really do, but I remember playing Catan with her um, <laughs> one particular summer holiday and having to defend the rules of Catan to my mother-in-law <laughs> was really quite difficult. Well, what oh, do you mean dear. I can't have sheep? Why can't I have sheep? Well, sheep aren't on any of the tiles that you've just rolled. Uh, so, so... Go, going back to the whole idea of, of a Christmas party box, and we're thinking games like uh, Spyfall, for example, which is a yeah. great game to play around uh, other people for, for, for Christmas. Things like Time's Up, um, yeah. Raise Your Goblets, that's a great fun game. Um, Codenames. Codenames. Yes, Codenames, Codenames absolutely. Uh, although, again, sometimes explaining the rules of what you can and can't say when you're trying to get people <laughs> exactly. to guess your words. It's um, a banana. No it's, <laughs> yeah. no, it's a, no, it's no, it's there. Look, there's a banana there. No, you're meant to say Absolutely. fruit. No, but that's a banana. Banana's technically a herb. All right then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. 
yeah absolutely so games like that that, that that if somebody said to you well you're into board games you can bring some games around for christmas you can say right you know what i've got a box here let's take those round." so it sounds like you got kind of exciting plans for the future yeah yeah i, I mean you... there's lots yeah no there's, I said, no, there's I said... lots of other stuff that we've got planned for the software as well so the ability for people to say uh these are these are uh, categories of mechanics that i don't like so one customer who received sheriff of nottingham this month actually emailed us in and said yeah it looks looks like a great game but you know what i can't stand bluffing games <laughs> why is there any way i can say i don't want any games that include bluffing because we match them on on other categories of Sheriff of Nottingham. So we matched them on categories yeah. of mechanics that, that fit within that game. But there was one particular one that, 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 that just didn't like that particular aspect. So we're always thinking of new ways to improve the, the customization options that customers have as well. So adding in categories and mechanics that you wouldn't want in a game is, is, is another avenue. Obviously, we can't go down to exact specifics because then it becomes too much of a, well, this is the only game that's going to fit into your in, into your collection into your customization preferences that you put together so we can't go yeah. too far down that road but we can allow people to to almost give it a, a an element of personal shopper yeah but i also think that the type of people that would get involved in this are that they're kind of going to be open-minded they're not going to be that specific because if they wanted to be that specific then they would go to an online retail outlet or a retail outlet mm. or a collected games because they sound lovely and and buy it from them directly. You know, I think it's you. You'll have a certain type of customer that likes the fun of getting something every month that they're not aware that it kind of is. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which is always kind of cool. Um, I want to paint a picture of another future for you, Phil. Mm-hmm. The um the future of the zombie apocalypse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now. This is a, this is a game that is it's become a it's become an actual regular feature now. You are <laughs> <coughs> you're in the zombie apocalypse. Yep. You're running down the road desperately seeking for shelter. Okay. You happen upon a glass door which has the wonderful a wonderful sign above it saying board games for everyone. You run into the shop and you enter into an emporium the likes of which you have never seen. Shelf upon shelf okay. is full of board games. Mm-hmm. Of every type of game possible, of every expansion. There is a well-defended but very movable trolley in the middle of the foyer, which you can quite easily take with you. Okay. But the trolley itself was only big to fit three board games. You're heading, oh. out, you're heading out into the zombie apocalypse... You may meet two people, you may meet ten people, but every single person that you're going to meet, if you ask them if they want to play a board game, the answer they're going to say is going to be a yes. What three games do you take with yourself, Mr. (laughs) Phil Collins? Oh, crikey. Okay. Um, Right. So, uh, Pitch Car is probably quite high up that list. Okay, yeah, um, that is the dexterity game, which is a racing that, game, which you yep. flick around the board. Yeah, you do, you do. I could, I could move on from there and go to flick 'em up, but I kind of feel as though the dexterity side has been has been sorted with with pitch car. There um, is flick of there is flick 'em up Dead of Winter coming out, which would keep within the zombie theme. Oh. And I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, well, tell you what. Yes, let's let's switch out from that one then. Let's let's keep with the zombie <laughs> zombie theme. Um, uh, Okay. Do we have to keep to the zombie theme? Or you don't have to at all. You can do anything okay. you want. It's any game from any. Because if we're keeping in. to the zombie theme, then then there's of course there's a City of Zombies. Yes. Which is a which is a good game. But um, it's any game at all. Any doesn't have to be zombie related. Any so game at all. Oh, are we are okay, we lock so are we locking in Flick 'em Up Dead of Winter? I think I think we are because I tell you right. Flick 'em Up is a is a good game and that does solve the uh, the dexterity side. So. Pitch car, fantastic, love that game. But flick 'em up, yeah, that probably has a uh, an extra something to it. So let's go with that one. Okay, your your second choice, Mister Collins. Oh, Craig, could you hear my wheels turning? I love this question. It's so oh, good. All the games in the world, every single um, one. Dixit. Every sing- Dixit. That's an interesting choice. Dixit. Okay. Dixit would be a good game to play. 
Okay. And third. Oh. Any game at all. I'm kind. I'm kind of nailing my 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 sheets Anything to the mast here, aren't I? Really? Yeah. And even the Final Fantasy out of print stuff. You, there's tell you what. There's a pile on the table of Chaos of the Old World. Forbidden, forbidden stars just sitting there waiting for people to pick up. There's no 150 pound price tag on these bad boys. They're practically sitting there. They look like little lost kittens just waiting for you to pick them up and hold them tight. Except they're bulkier and bigger and quite heavy. Third game. Oh. Banging on the doors, Phil. Gotta hurry you. They are, aren't they? Yeah, I can, I can hear. That. I can close my eyes. I can hear them. Yes, you can. Oh. It's kind of like the, the end it's of the, the world. analysis paralysis is settling in like you're playing <laughs> like Star Realms or something like that. This is, this is a terrible question for a podcast unless you edit out all the silence. No, no, the, no, the tension is, you know. <laughs> the tension is It's, helpful. you know, it is, um, it's Rocky Horror Picture uh, Show and it's saying... This, you know. see, the thing is, I can just imagine my wife now sitting across from me and she's shaking she's her hands at me. She's screaming at you just now. She's Jeez. actually screaming. This is Mr. and Mrs. And you are in... <laughs> She is in the booth, can't hearing anything. And you're outside <laughs> yeah, screaming yeah, that you hope you know the answer. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. See the thing is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a third game. Right. And then as soon as I go uh, go go upstairs and, and and go and um go and speak to her, I'm immediately gonna think, Oh, why didn't I say that? Third game. Oh. One of the side windows is broken. There's arms <laughs> with grey rotten flesh flailing about madly. Oh my goodness me. Um, They've just picked up a copy of Whitechapel and tried to eat the brains. Oh no. Come on, Phil. Time's a ticking. Oh. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Last game. Oh, you know what? I'm 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 gonna uh, oh I'm gonna go for a for one that I think I've already mentioned. But um Trying to decide between. Oh man, this is so unfair. It's not because other people have just went like that. One, two, three, and snapped oh. off like that. It's you're the only one that's holding this whole thing up. I'm the only one that's holding everything up. The whole thing. I'm not. You know, I'm not judging. You know what? I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go for. Uh, so what have we got already? We've got flick 'em up. We've got. Dixit. Uh, Dixit. Um, oh, blimey, if you don't Riley. decide soon, it's Monopoly. <laughs> it's not going to be Monopoly. Oh, crikey. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to say something like Ticket to Ride or maybe Power Grid. Power Grid's fine. Power Grid's good. It's mathematical. It'll keep your mind working. Yeah. Power planning grid. for an escape from the zombie horde whilst they ravage the board game shop yeah yeah let's let's go for power grid we haven't mentioned go. power grid so I'll, I'll, yeah go. wow right. there you go so your three games <laughs> power Just wiping grid the sweat off my forehead now flick them up cool. and dicks it there you go <laughs> it's a fun game isn't it phil <laughs> <laughs> yeah that... oh dear okay well if people have listened to that, that last bit was just gold. Uh, you know, I, I can't even begin to want to edit that bit. Um, <clears throat> but if people are interested and have listened along tonight and are saying, well, listen, I want to find out a little bit more. How do they find about Board Game Create? Where do you exist in the world of the interweb nets? Okay, so we are over on boardgamecrate.co.uk. Yep. Uh, we're also on Facebook um at uh, board game crate and we're also on twitter and instagram as well but uh, yeah the website and facebook i guess are where we post um more often than not so that's boardgamecrate.co.uk or facebook.com forward slash boardgamecrate fantastic now this has been a lot of fun i've had a lot of fun that last yeah, five minutes was a lot it of really fun has <laughs> i've seen <laughs> seen you go full ap was just Oh, dearie me. I'm going to kick myself. As soon as I go upstairs and I look at my board game library, I'm going to think, oh, you know what? I, yeah. 
Do you know what we should say to people is, is if they've listened tonight and they have um, and they, they, they want to give an alternative game to Phil, they should just tweet mm-hmm. us. Yeah, absolutely. Going, just absolutely. Go on, just go on Twitter at We're Not Wizards. If you want to find us on Facebook, We're Not Wizards. If you want to find us on YouTube, guess what? It's We're Not Wizards Tabletop. You can get us on your normal podcast places, which is your i, which is your um, your Spreaker, your Stitcher, your Acast, your Podcast Addict, every place like that. You can find us. If you like what you've listened to tonight, and you want to spread the joy and spread the love, and make sure more people want you know are listening to the show, then one of the things you can do is you can go on to Apple Podcasts and you can leave us a rating. And you can even leave us a review, or even if you subscribe, that would make us quite smiley. Now, if you are going to leave us a review, what we say is, don't leave us a 10, because that'll make us big-headed. But don't leave us a 1, because that'll make us cry. Leave us a 5, because that's kind of in the middle. It's average. And we are decidedly average. But, um. The gentleman who's not been average tonight is the rather interesting, the rather fantastic, the rather man who's trying to do something different with the board game retail space. It is Mr. Phil Collins from Board Game Crate. So again, thank you very much for coming on, Phil. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Good stuff. Now, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember... That we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Phil? Uh, I try not to be on on, on most weekends, yeah. And that's why you ditched that magic nonsense, and all power (laughs) to you. (laughs) And the second thing to do, and Brian's going to be seething, and the second thing to do is to say goodbye. So, as I say, it's goodbye from the rather wonderful Mr. Phil Collins. Say goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, Phil. I'm not telling you going to let you decide how you say goodbye, because we'd be here for another 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes. If you fancy a little bit of a monthly surprise, it doesn't happen to be kind of like maybe somebody jumping out from you behind an alley or something like that, um, and fancy getting a little bit of surprisory cardboard in your letterbox, then... Yeah, give um, board game creator a little look. See, you might be um, you may be very pleasantly surprised by what you get. But until the next time, my good people, and thank you for listening, and uh, goodbye. <laughs>